0: Here we go. You're listening to Law and Gospel Rumination on this Tuesday, July the 18th, in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me will be Pastor Mark Smith talking about the hymn, O Holy Conversation. It's a a hymn in our hymnal, and we'll be taking a look at it in order to understand it better. Uh, Join with us then in hearing uh, the tune in Holy Conversation. conversation. It's written by a classmate of mine when I was at the seminary, and his name is Gregory Wismar, born in 1946. Now, what's interesting about this hymn, a lot of times they use hymn stanzas as sources of sermon illustrations. That's a time-honored Lutheran tradition. But not so common is the use of hearing a sermon and then it becomes a hymn. It was a sermon, however, that inspired Gregory Wismar to write this hymn. In July 2002, the Missouri Synod's Commission on Worship, of which Wismar was the vice chair, sponsored the first in a series of triennial national worship conferences. One of the preachers at the event was Dr. David Schmidt of Concordia Seminary, St. Louis. His message on prayer as holy conversation inspired Gregory Rismar to write his hymn. The theme of this hymn is Psalm 50, verse 15. Call upon me in the day of trouble, I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. This is the hymn of the day for proper number 11, and that is this coming Sunday, which is also known as the eighth Sunday after Pentecost. so i'm tom baker and i'm talking to pastor mark smith are are you familiar with this hymn
1: mark no i'm really not tom uh the, the uh i guess it's because it's so new um and the the melody is not familiar at all to me either but uh uh you know so it's a short and sweet hymn i i, I i'll tell you there's some really interesting uh, Bible texts that are given at the bottom of the page in the hymnal that I, I'm, I'm going to look forward to talking to you about.
0: Yes. it's The tune is Swedish. Yes. And that's why it's really an interesting, got a lot of eighth notes and this kind of thing. Yeah. And it would be good to have a, a choir there also helping. The, converse, the congregation to sing it. Yeah, it's a very but, cheery tune. Yes, it is. And we'll be using it this Sunday at our church. And our churches are the four of them I'm I'm dealing with for this eighth Sunday after Pentecost. So would you please read stanza one? Okay. In
1: holy conversation, we speak to God in prayer. And at his invitation, our deepest thoughts we share. We come, his will obeying, as children bringing needs, and to support our praying, his spirit intercedes.
0: Boy, that really indicates how important prayer is and also sanctification. Notice his spirit intercedes, right? What's that talking about? Well, of course, that's that
1: uh, very comforting, very comforting thought that, you know, sometimes when we, uh, you know, we're struck by a trouble, maybe a house burns down in front of us or we lose our job or we lose a loved one and we just feel numb. We just, you know, we just, you're just numb. You don't know where to begin to, to formulate your prayer. You don't know, you know, you, you're just at a loss for words. And uh, how, how, what do I come to God, what do I say to him at this difficult, most difficult time? And we're told, of course, that when when we're unable, unable to come up with the right words, the spirit intercedes for us, which is very comforting. The spirit takes over. He can pray for us when we're too numb to to formulate the right words.
0: In fact, that is the theme of the epistle reading for this Sunday, Romans chapter 8. It says something that I found very interesting the first time I ever read it, beginning with verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words and he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of god now that's really comforting
1: It is. It really is.
0: In other words, you really made a good point. A lot of times we are in such despair or in grief, we really don't know what to say to God, how to pray to him. But we just say whatever is on our mind, uh, help us, Lord, or give us insight. And the Holy Spirit takes that prayer and. Redoes it to come to the Father in heaven so that it is perfect. That's what is meant by holy conversation. We speak to God in prayer because the holy conversation is not only between us and God, but between the Holy Spirit and God the Father. now it says at his invitation our deepest thoughts we share what's that referring to
1: well he he bids us to to pray to him he bids us to come in come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and i will give you rest so he wants us to come to him um uh, for for almost anything i mean uh is there is there anything that is too too little too small too uh uh too uh foolish to bring to him in prayer i don't know i i've heard some people say you shouldn't pray for frivolous or foolish or hurtful things things that things that you know can hurt you but uh i'll tell you there's very little i think there's very little that uh would be excluded um really that, that God would exclude from our prayers. He wants to come. He us to, to come about even the, the smallest, uh, most insignificant things if they're troubling us.
0: Yes, I was in a youth confirmation class I was teaching once, and uh, one of the girls said when we were talking about prayer, would it be okay if I prayed God for a new bicycle? And my response to her was, would you ask your own father for a bicycle? And she said, yes, I would talk to my parents about it. And I said, anything that you would talk to your parents about, you can talk to God about. That's right. Because he is, yeah, I, he is your father.
1: I, I agree. There's not. There's not too much... You know, unless it's something really foolish or hurtful that we know would be uh, hurtful for us, there's not too much that uh, that we c- should really leave out of our prayers. I, I remember just... I remember being called over to one of my parishioners once. Um, his his dog, his his family pet, had suddenly died, oh. and he called me up as Pastor. Would you come over and and pray with me? And we we went out on his on his back porch and the poor dog was lying there and, uh, we both, we both pr- prayed, prayed, uh, that God would comfort, uh, him. And, you know, I have kind of a soft heart for animals myself, of course. And, uh, there we were a couple of grown men praying over this, uh, dead dog. Uh, yeah. but, uh, but it was, uh, I think it was, a, a comforting time for my parishioner. And I, I understood his hurt and, uh, that, that, by all means, I, I, I didn't even hesitate to come over and, and pray with
0: him. Exactly. That's a very good, good example of how we speak to God in prayer and our deepest thoughts we share, because a deep thought would be at the death of a loved one, even if it's an animal. And what I find interesting is the hymn says, We come his will obeying. Yes, children bringing needs. So parents often hear from children things that they need. And that's not something that the parent is going to make fun of or anything. But we will try and explain to the child their needs. Sometimes we can furnish them with what they're asking. Other times it's not possible, but we can still comfort them
1: yeah uh Tom. I think a passage to look up on that on that uh issue it would be first John five fourteen fourteen i found that i found that helpful with that thought.
0: I don't have it say. at my
1: fingertips, maybe you can get it faster than me
0: no first john five fourteen no, I, I don't have it in front of me. Don't have it.
1: There's another one I do have that I think is I'll tell you I was uh this thing I never forgot this. This was taught to me by uh uh a most revered professor for both of us uh Professor Thomas Montoyful. Oh and my. Uh, that's he, the that's He the past was a day. member of my congregation. I know, and I I think his wife also played the organ for your church too.
0: That's if correct. I remember right. That's
1: right. I Isaiah 64, Isaiah 65:24. That's a really comforting passage. Let me get that for you. Isaiah 65:24 Before they call, I will answer; while they are yet speaking, I will hear. And here was what uh Uh, professor thomas Monteufel shared with me i never forgot it it's one of those things i just never forgot and that is let's say uh, let's say you've got a kid that's coming home from college and uh... you knew that he was going to be at such such a place by such a time but you haven't heard whether he safely made it or you heard or somebody else was uh... supposed to be done with surgery at such a time but you haven't heard the outcome yet uh, Professor uh, Monteufel said, "You know, don't leave off praying. Even even if you feel already that what is done is done, don't cease to pray because God will hear your prayers in advance of your praying. Isn't that marvelous? God yes. will hear in advance of your praying, and He will He will answer your prayers uh, even before you pray them." That's something I, I think. That's something a lot of people don't realize: that uh, that God hears our prayers and He will answer our prayers and uh, bring a good outcome, even before we uh, pray. So we should never, never leave off praying, even though we don't know the we don't know the outcome.
0: That's because God is omniscient, which means He not only knows what we're thinking presently. But he also knows how we're going to pray in the future. Yes. Isn't that now, a comforting thought? Yeah, I'll tell you the example I used, and this was really true. We were uh, needing to pay some bills, and we were a little short on money. And so I prayed to God that somehow we would receive the funding in order to pay this bill. Well, guess what happened? That day in the mail, I got a check that ended up paying for it. No kidding. And, of course, that had to be mailed ahead of time. The person had to write it out ahead of time. And so that really was a way in which God answers prayer even before you speak your need. He gets things set up. All right, I'll... I'll read stanza two. Okay. These holy conversations begin in childlike ways. We bring our supplications and words of thanks and praise. With care, our Father listens to every thought expressed and then answers our petitions in ways he knows our best. Now, that's another great comfort. Where do we often bring our supplications to God? Well, in all sorts of different places, usually in church, of course. That's what I'm thinking of in worship. Right. Worship has many sections of it that helps us to understand how to pray to God. Uh, The liturgy is filled with those items. Um, For example, one of the hymns we sing during communion, this is the feast of victory for our God. Worthy is Christ, the lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. So there's a great part of the liturgy where we are actually speaking to God and giving him honor for what he has done in Christ Jesus. Yeah,
1: I also thought of that other passage that uh, I wanted to talk to you about earlier. I finally found it. It, it is uh, 1 John five fourteen, And this is the... Now, it's an interesting passage. And this is the confidence that we have toward Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Now that's a comfort. You know, I've always said, does have you ever wondered about this question? Does God does God hear the prayers of unbelievers? Or does he hear the prayers and the prayers is in quotes now of uh, of unbelievers or of or of the heathen? You know, God knows everything. He hears everything. But there's no promise there uh, unless uh somebody is praying in faith. There's no promise that those prayers are going to be answered. But God hears. He hears all things. He knows all things. As we talked earlier, he's omniscient. He's all-knowing. But uh, we Christians, thanks be to God, uh, because this is all his grace for us, that he has promised to hear every word uh, that is, and to to answer everything that, that is prayed in faith. He will answer it in his own best way for us.
0: Yeah, there is a difference in the original language for the word here. For example, if my father tells me, don't go into the basement while I go to the garage, and then he goes to the garage, and then I go into the basement because I'm a rebellious kid. He comes home and finds me in the basement, and then he asks this question. Didn't you hear what I told you? Now, my father doesn't mean, didn't you hear with my words, but didn't you hear and obey me? Yes, right. And that's the hearing that God does for the Christian. He always works out all things, whatever we ask in prayer. Remember, I used to say, well, he may answer yes, no, or wait. But I was corrected by a lay person who phoned me on the radio and said, no, God always answers yes. If you're praying for a promise he's made, the answer is yes, he will fulfill it. If you're praying for something that is not a promise, like I often prayed that I could get a motorcycle, then his answer is always, as Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane, not my will, but thy will be done and his answer is yes and that's the comfort a christian has that whatever prayer you have his answer is always yes as as you just said because he answers in ways he knows are best yes we do not we do not always know
1: what to ask but his will is always for
0: our salvation and for the salvation of all. Yes, and for the good of our life. Right. No doubt about that. So this idea of holy conversation, a lot of people think that that holy conversation only occurs when you have a prayer to God. That That's not true. For example, you're going down the highway and you suddenly see a car in the other lane coming towards you you will often say lord help me yes. guess what that's a holy conversation to god that's right and that's a, that's a prayer that yes. that short it may
1: be it's a prayer well said all right stanza three please as holy conversation in silence or by word, in every situation, through Jesus, we are heard. So let us pray securely, expressing hopes and fears, with confidence that surely our Father ever hears.
0: So that kind of fits with what we said, that our conversation may be in silence, It may be a thought we have in our mind, and we don't say it out loud, but it doesn't matter because the Holy Spirit even takes those thoughts to God the Father in heaven and refashions the prayer. So not only does the Father hear it, but he answers it to our good.
1: Yes, and the Holy Spirit does that, imagine how quickly the holy spirit works in cases like that if you're on the road and a car approaches you coming the other way you're right the holy spirit is awful quick to get that uh, to get that message to god and uh well, like i said
0: in fact before we call he will answer he is so god is that how, quick how do you explain to a member where they prayed to god but the car still hit them
1: we, do not, we don't have all the answers. We do not know uh, why God yes. permits certain things to happen. But we do have the sure and certain comfort that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. So somehow, some way, uh, that
0: tragic happening is going to work out for our ultimate good. Well said. Because it says, not only do we express hopes in our prayers, but we also express fears. Right. And that means we take to God whatever is bothering us and with confidence, we can be sure that our Father hears us. So that's pretty good
1: lots of comfort lots of comfort uh, whenever we're talking about prayer there's there's a, a great deal of comfort involved
0: and we need to understand its holy conversation why the word holy
1: well it, because it has to do with it has to do with god we're oh, we're, yes. t- we're talking to god uh, anything that has to do with god is is really holy right i mean the true. we're talking about the true god of course the triune god father son and holy spirit
0: yes and when we say that god doesn't answer the prayers of unbelievers that's correct in that there is no promise connected to that as there is a promise connected to believers so thanks very much pastor smith in helping us with in holy conversation, a hymn we're going to be using Sunday. And we thank God that he always hears and gives us what is best. I'm Tom Baker. You're listening to me and Pastor Mark Smith. Join us tomorrow for another session. Till then, God bless you.